what if this global pandemic is here to bust open our blind spots and connect us with something we've really been missing that we now have the opportunity to claim back? I think that's exactly what's happening. And here's why. Hey, 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 so glad you're here. This is Tracking Yes, and you are exactly where you're meant to be. I'm your host, Liz Wilson, coach, writer, and round-the-clock philosopher. And this, my friends, is where the magic happens. Join me and my guests for stories that will inspire you to dial up your curiosity, fine-tune your courage and wisdom, and create an empowered relationship with whatever's happening now. Check out the show notes for links to my coaching website, lizwilson.com, and my coaching blog, trackingyes.com. And if you like the show, please subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts. Today's show looks at shifting out of fear into curiosity and moving from a sense of powerlessness into confident connection with your creativity, your agency, and your infinite capacity to support your well-being in any situation. So, had an unexpected detour in between part one of talking about staying curious and creative in moments of fear, and this, part two, Um, because I was not being curious and creative in a moment of fear. I was caught in perfectionism. As usual, I share what I'm learning about something and face plant right into the middle of it. That's what episode three was about. It was an intermission. Let's call it an intermission. So on with the show. In part one, we tackled fear. And I do want to just say a little bit more about it here. Because we're dealing with a lot of unanswered questions in this time of corona. It's currently May of 2020, so still early days. And that sustained uncertainty can feel pretty stressful. But one of the most essential things we can draw on when we start to feel stressed is our capacity to stay curious. And the main reason getting fear in check is essential is because it cancels out curiosity. Fear wants to know. It's looking for certainty. And it operates within narrow parameters by design. It's not interested in vast possibility. It's looking for the exit, the most expedient way out of discomfort. And if it can't find the exit, it'll build a wall to keep the threat out. When fear's in charge, we put our energy into defending, protecting, controlling, and fixing. And these are not expansive or creative energies. And as strategies, they don't work in the long term because they're built on false information. The idea that life is inherently dangerous, that we exist in a limited sphere of well being, and that we have to guard it to sustain it. When you think about the environment of your life, your personal space, it typically includes your family and friends, your work the places you go to seek out entertainment, to run errands, to connect with others. Sometimes you go further afield in search of new experiences. But even then, you're moving around in the world in your personal space. And no matter where you are or what you're doing, 
you will always come to the place in your perception where life is happening beyond the territory of you, separate from you. There's you in here and life out there. This is misperception number one, which leads to misperception number two. When you believe your life is in any way unrelated to or independent from other parts of life, you perceive yourself to be self-contained, not connected to the whole. And your primary focus is to control your environment by welcoming experiences you want and keeping out those you don't. You become the gatekeeper of a home field with a perceived boundary, believing your well-being depends on defending the gate. But here's the crazy part. What we're defending against, unless it looks how we want it to, is life. And life doesn't structure itself around boundaries. It happens where it happens and it goes where it goes. And when our okayness depends on it going how we think it should, on keeping the good in and the bad out, then anytime life leaps over our freshly painted fence or slides under our newly repaired gate, we feel unsafe and we scramble to fix the fence. We trap ourselves in an ongoing orientation of powerlessness where we feel under attack and we're fighting to keep life from messing with our peace. Barbara Ann Kipfer is the author of a great little book called Self-Meditation. I'll link to it in the show notes. In it, she says, the way out of the trap is to study the trap and see how it's built. Take it apart, piece by piece. A trap can't confine you if it's been taken apart. And feeling anxious, worried, and afraid without seeking greater clarity is a trap. So let's talk about how to get out of it. Fear runs us when we don't question its narrative. In order to be truly free, to live in your agency and feel confident and grounded in your life, clarity is essential. And by the way, I do want to just take a minute to say a word about boundaries, because I'm not suggesting that boundaries aren't important. Um, And anger is a boundary alert. Anger is telling you something is not okay here. The anger is pointing you to look in and get clear what's not okay. And then rather than using the anger to enforce the boundary, which never goes well, you've used the anger to get to clarity. And then that clarity expressed is your boundary. So again, back to clarity, because the anger is coming out of fear. Something is under attack. And we think fear is here because something's arrived in our lives that shouldn't have. But that's not why it's here. Fear is a light on the dashboard. It's alerting us that something isn't right. Something's out of alignment. And more often than not, that something is a part of ourselves who isn't clear what or who to trust and how to proceed. And if we spend our energy trying to turn the fear off, thinking the light is the problem, which by the way, is what all our defending, numbing, distracting strategies are an attempt to do, then we're not actually addressing what's under the hood, what's trying to get our attention, and the light will just keep coming back on. It's important to make the distinction that the scared part of self is not your creative, 
wise, resourceful self. But it is a real part of you, usually a younger part of you, who's having a valid experience and needs support from you, the empowered adult you, the wise you. So when you find yourself thinking, what if I'm not going to be okay? What if the thing I'm afraid of happens? Notice the power of imagination. Notice what happens in your body right now in direct response to these questions, because they're conjuring images of not okay. And it's not helping the scared part of self. So as you hold space for that wondering, scared self, don't stop there. Put a comma after the threat-focused questions and keep going. Okay. If what I'm afraid of does happen, how will I navigate that? How will I show up for it? How will I create from it? That's using the power of imagination to care for yourself instead of scaring yourself. And if the best answer you get to is, I don't know, see if you can also find this, but I'll figure something out. Because you have in every moment up until right now in your life, you're here, which means you figured it out every single time. And connecting with that awareness helps to shift your presence back from that unknown, terrifying future place to the capable you who got yourself this far along. And you did it by opening to your own creativity and to connection with and support from others around you. I'll figure it out isn't an end goal, and it isn't the same as it'll all work out. What does that even mean? Like, we're going to get it all nailed down and then keep it that way forevermore. It's, it's so interesting how, I don't know, where do we ever get the idea that this is the goal? The goal is get everything in order and then keep it that way. Like, when has that ever happened? Whenever things do work out, whatever that means, you know, we, we get the girl, we land the job, we fix the thing, avert the crisis. It's only a matter of time before something else shifts in our carefully ordered world. That's the nature of life. It's on the move. And it's always calling us back into it, giving us the chance to examine, why is the light on this time? What's trying to get my attention and why? Figuring it out isn't some distant future place you arrive at. You're doing it right now. The future you who's figured it out was informed by the quality of the questions, choices, and actions you're engaging in today. We do it step by step as we go. So while fear is asking, what if I'm not okay later? Your capable, resourceful self can be asking, what empowered choices can I make in this moment that are a contribution to well-being, now and later? Resilience comes from knowing that we can handle hard things and that we can care for ourselves and each other when they're happening. And this current upheaval is a time to practice, 
We're being called into our inherent adaptability. We're built to flex, to be responsive and resourceful in new situations. And here we are, right in the middle of one. So as we're, you know, moving into the the, the topic of creativity, I just want to say first, I've got a bone to pick with how distorted the concept of creativity has become in our culture. There's an idea that it's a skill that we either have or we don't. And then assuming we do, it's an undertaking with an outcome that we're either succeeding or failing at. I was a professional artist for 25 years, and then I became a coach and a writer. And each of these endeavors call for curiosity, presence, and intuition, a capacity for a finely tuned perception. And these are all inherent human qualities, but they quickly get subverted in response to the pressure and the imposition of the ego, which is always fueling the belief that creating equals producing. And if you aren't delivering value in the physical realm, then nothing worthwhile is happening. It's not true, and it messes with magic. Here's a textbook example from my painting life of how creativity goes from what it is to what it isn't. As an artist, I developed a radar that was naturally tuned to possibility, to what if this could become that? So I'd come across something that stirred my curiosity, that intrigued and fascinated me, and I'd feel the spark of inspiration, and then ignition, I want to paint this experience that's captivating me. I want to know more about it. And I want to perhaps reveal something that others might not see that I don't see yet that is calling out to be seen. So I jump in on fire, lit up by the call to adventure, wondering where might this lead? But inevitably, and in what usually felt like no time at all, I'd find myself neck deep in chaos no idea what I was doing or how to make this thing be what I wanted it to be. It would become personal. I'd start thinking that I was the source of the creation and therefore responsible for it working out well. Once I got into the belief that creativity meant I made something, I, me, independent I, from there, it was a short leap to, and it better be good, because now my self-worth and well-being was tied to it. And once I agreed to that particular siren song, I was about as far from creativity as I could get. It went from being an engaged conversation with the moment to an agenda-driven transaction, and one that I needed to come out on the winning end of. Painting for a living was a setup for ego, It taught me how it gets a hold of our creativity and turns it into this runaway train, rocketing further and further away from the truth that we are profoundly creative beings. It's not a thing we do. It's who we are. Every single one of us. Creativity isn't a talent or a skill. It's not something we possess or don't. It's an insatiably curious, deeply intimate relationship with life. And it's an aspect of our essential nature that arises in response to our curiosity. So after years of kicking and screaming and wanting creativity to be something I could pin down and control, like if I can just figure out all the steps to paint a successful painting and I start at step one and I 
end at step whatever, and I have the painting, that's when it's gonna, that's when it's gonna be awesome. And and then I realized that day's not coming. Here is the most essential thing I've discovered about the creative process. You never know how it's going to go. You never know what the end result will be. You're not supposed to. That's knowing, not creating. The game is to keep showing up, to engage in the conversation, to be in relationship with what's wanting to be made through you and by you in partnership with the creative field that is the source of everything that ever gets made. We can't know because we're only one element of the thing that is coming into creation. We are essential, but knowing is not. So here's the fact. You are a deeply creative being and anything you have ever been told or told yourself other than that is bullshit. Creativity isn't rare or distinguished or special. It's primal. Let's do an example from your life because I'm thinking about how this applies in your world because blah, blah, artists can talk about creativity, but just us, everyday us, you and me, creative beings. What's an example of that? So check the series of moves that led to your last meal. You got hungry. You started to wonder where and how you were going to forage for food. And then after following and responding to a series of questions that arose out of your experience of hunger, you and life co-created a meal. Your creativity wasn't the act of making food. It was every question you explored from the moment hunger sparked the first one until several discoveries later when you were eating, hopefully something yummy. That's essential survival creativity. You gather what's in front of you and make something from it. And if you need something that's not here, you get curious about how to resource it. Here's the bigger point I'm trying to make. We inherently know how to apply that same way of being toward joyful creativity. We know how to let curiosity lead us to unexpected possibilities. And when we don't demand a specific outcome, it's called play. But our productivity and achievement-oriented culture has devalued the realm of play and relegated it to what we make time for once the work is done. We earn it. Two days a week, two weeks a year, now get back to work. A combination of operating on autopilot and our cultural conditioning that says, factory worker, go to the job, Monday to Friday, nine to five, has had us lose sight of our innate sense of play and our instinctive, intuitive capacity to question what is and to rearrange familiar things in new ways for the pure delight of seeing what else is possible. Creativity isn't a skill, but you can be skillful in your creativity. Painting, writing, coaching, and living have all taught me that we're always in a conversation with life. And Like any conversation, it's better if I'm listening at least as much as I'm talking. The creative process invites us to pause after we make a move, to observe how it landed, how it informed the whole. 
And when you step back to assess, to reflect, and receive guidance about how best to next proceed, something unexpected always reveals itself, and that orients you to your next move. It's time for play, people. What if we weren't waiting right now for things to return to normal, waiting to plug back into the machine? Are you sure you want to go back? Is collecting stuff and following the cultural rules in exchange for security, regardless of impact, really what you want to return to? What if, instead, curiosity becomes the compass that guides your life? Curiosity is a powerful antidote to living a fear-based life, because unlike fear, curiosity isn't driven by an agenda. It's not trying to figure anything out, or get anything, or become anything. It's an ongoing state of wonder and imagination that has nothing to do with production or outcome. And when you're fascinated by, and including everything you're encountering in your experience, you're trusting it's all something you can work with. I think this is what's up for us right now. We're in the midst of a profound opportunity to shake up the status quo. This is a moment to remember who we really are. The COVID-19 situation is a major malfunction light on the global dashboard. And it's calling for our attention and our awareness and our wisdom. It's calling for thoughtful change. And solving the virus and carrying on as we were is just turning off the light. We have the capacity to lead ourselves forward by taking responsibility for informing and educating ourselves with credible information from the outside and being discerning and trusting in our own agency as we decide how to proceed. We are the antidote to what we're afraid of. We, each of us, have our own ancient wisdom to offer into the world right now. And as the volume has been turned down on the external noise, if we're willing to also quiet the internal noise, we'll be guided by our own clarity and intuition. This is such a great opportunity, if it's interesting to you, to really step up and contribute to creating where we're going next, how it's going to look next. And if that's only in your own life, still, it's a reset, man. Like this is an opportunity to do things differently. And here are some of the questions that my clients and I have been bouncing around in together, you know, as they're exploring, okay, how do I want to arc out of this? How do I want my life to look going forward from here? Okay. So first one, how, if this virus, this whole situation was actually partnering with you, because the alternative to that is it's the enemy and it's working against you. So if it's actually partnering with you, what right now is the opportunity that it is offering you? How is it calling you forth? And then next one, what's here now that you want to bring with you going forward? Like what's changed in your life because of this experience? 
that you weren't making time for, that didn't seem available to you? And what's gone that you don't actually want back? And what do you want instead? And then if you want to look out in the bigger way, how do I want the world to be different? And how do I want to contribute to that? And together in the space of community that is naturally emerging out of this experience, how can we support each other in creating more of that? Uncertain times call for powerful questions. So hope this show helps you shift out of uncertainty into your own quest for clarity. Talk to you next time. And in the meantime, have a great week and keep your compass lined up with yes.